Lexus Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 2, season 22, all the twos, all the ducks are in a row for a change. Uh, sorry about last week, I had a note from my, well I didn't have a note from my mum, that's an absolute lie. I had a note from Johnny's mum because my little boy had to isolate, hence I had to stay at home and couldn't get into the studio to record anything with the boys. So, uh, apologies, uh, sorry we've not done that before, we try not to miss week. in fact it's the first time we've ever missed a week in five, six years, right? Is that about right? Because normally we do the banks, we've never had a week off in between a, a pod, have we? No, no, we haven't, and we would chastise you for it, but then, you know, it's your train set and everything, so uh, you Don't just take your train zone, wouldn't Where's you? this train set thing? You know what, this is growing and growing and growing, and genuinely, I've never treated it like my train set, so shut up, or, or, I'll, or I'll talk you in my car. I'll take my trains away. <laughs> Anyway, mate, we're not on our own. We, 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 we've got, we've got WRC coverage loyalty, loyalty or royalty. I was meant to say there. Julian Porter, hello. How you doing? We're, we're, we're all right. We're, we're, we're probably a little bit warmer than what you are, where you are in your world at the moment from what you've just been saying to us. Yeah, we've got the biggest amount of snow falling. Uh, I mean, I'm not much for, well, I don't know whether I'm further north or across from Ryan, but, uh, we have got a massive snow storm. We've had the snow since basically the weekend, so uh, a good preparation for Arctic Rally in a couple of weeks. I mean, yes, the temperature is a lot pleasanter here than what it probably will be when we get to the Arctic. Uh, but, yeah, that's going to be uh, a fantastic experience. I, I don't think I've heard or had so many messages from people saying they're so looking forward to rally so much. I mean, we all love going to a rally. We all love new rallies. But this one seems to have got everybody massively excited. Hopefully those picture-perfect conditions uh, and things like that. Photographer and cameraman's dream, I think. Absolutely. Listen, before we get into this season, James, we've not spoke to you for, um, it feels like forever, but it's probably it's probably only about three months but certainly we didn't we didn't get your thoughts towards the end of of last season obviously we it was it was kind of a, a make-do um effort and in, in many ways by what happened with regards to the calendar and things like that obviously the final round again was a almost another snow rally and like another monte carlo really wasn't it um we got our, our champion Again, there was um, mixed emotions, I think, uh, probably in this part of the world with regards to to Elvin just kind of missing out. What was it like for you guys around the service? But did, was there a genuine belief that he, he could win it or did it almost feel like there was Seb was always going to pull something out of the hat and albeit it was a mistake by Elvin? But Seb just, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. What was the feeling around the, 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 the service park and stuff? going into that kind of final event? Basically, exactly what you said. Everyone was kind of, and there's no disrespect to any of the other drivers, but I think virtually most of the rallying world was on on Elvin Evans' side because they just wanted to see a different person winning, you know? And, uh, And I remember when we were setting up all our stuff for the TV, I was actually in Gran Canaria. So I missed all the video conference calls we had. And it was decided, because I proposed we interview all four drivers who were in the championship fight in the build-up to the rally. Uh, and it was, oh, no, no, Tanak's out of it, Neuville's out of it. You know, Ogier's right on the fringes. We'll just do Evans. And I remember getting the call from them, and they were saying, we're just going to do Evans. And I was like, I think we've got to do Ogier. We, we, he's never out of it. You know, fair enough, maybe not the high-end-eye drivers, but I think, no, 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 this is, this is Evans' to lose. I went, if there'd been anyone else behind him, you would have got in there thinking, yes, you know what I mean? He's got this. Uh, but Ogier, now a seven-time world champion, you can never, ever write him off. And, and that's just what he does. He collects points. He manages situations. He doesn't get stressed. He doesn't worry. And I, I've never won a championship as such, like, at that level. But when you win one, you do get that belief in you. Then you start to get, it starts to snowball. And you don't panic. You don't start to question stuff. You just think, I've been there, I've done it. If I don't win another one, that must take a huge amount of pressure off you at at that level. But in the service part, I I mean, the TV area, it was live. I saw he was offline and I was thinking, and and we'd had a couple of people commenting on social media about the oohs and the ahs and oh, because there were so many people having so many moments everywhere. 
we were kind of like, we need to tone this down a little bit and not kind of get massively overexcited. Andrea Adamo actually texts and says, you lot have got to shut up with your oohs and ahs. We're all having heart attacks going, people thinking they're going off. And when Elvin was slightly offline, I, I could see the tracks from the other car. I, I was thinking, he's on a proper racing line here. And when it started to go, I thought, he'll get this back. So I just sat there and it was like, this ain't coming back. And then it was like a big, oh, ah. And oh, I was like, man. And he clipped a tree on the way down. And if, he, if he'd actually got the tree in the back of the car, not the side, it, it would have nearly been still on the road. And oh, you're thinking, was it gosh, so bit of unlucky? And, and then what he did after that, I actually said on commentary, because I believed it was Scott who'd gone up the road. Scott was actually gone around the corner. It was Elvin himself went up the road to uh, to, to slow Seb down. And I mean, world championship, the next car along to your chief rival. You've just gone off. He nearly went off, even with Elvin slowing him down. And I think there was something in Elvin, obviously, team, team sport, team player, very good sportsman. But also, I think Elvin's sitting there thinking, if someone else goes off here, straight into my car that could put me out completely if it damaged the cage and things like that so there i think there was a huge amount of going on in his mind of making sure that the following cars didn't go off uh but yeah i mean a lot of the service park was a bit a bit down in the dumps because he'd, he'd done such a great job but full respect to osia you can't deny what he he does and what he's doing right now it was ironic, though, the way the weather turned in Monza, wasn't it? Because, you know, um, funny, I was talking to uh, to Elvin at Goodwood just before uh, before Monza, and, you know, he said that uh, in, in Turkey he'd actually um, maybe felt a little bit uh, nervous about uh, the situation, but in Sardinia he was, he was quite confident, and, and I think going into Monza he was quite confident, but but those conditions just turned everything on their head, and, and suddenly it played to Auger's strengths, didn't it? Well, it did, and, and that's what Ogier, you look at how many times he's won Monty, and that's exactly those conditions. And they, they were made even more difficult because we obviously no study tyres, it was just the winter tyre. and But this, this snow had been forecast for ages. I and mean, we did an interview with Pontus Tiedemann in Sardinia, and Pontus was going on about, well, I, I, I've known that area before, have snow at that time of the year. And we're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. And then the weather forecast all week was coming. It's coming. It's coming. I arrived in Monza actually at the racetrack on um, Wednesday morning, and there was snow all over the place. And I was thinking, God, we're not very high here. Wait till you get into the mountains. And we set the camera crew up there early, and there was just so much snow. And the the, the organisers actually had to plough and grip the road because they don't think the rally would have run on the Saturday if they didn't plough it and grit the road. And that, that's how much snow came down. Uh, and then we did see the Greensmith and the, uh, the Formo, not Formo, sorry, Greensmith and uh, Lou, uh, Vaby crash. I'm thinking of other drivers at the moment, but um, that was just literally a, a two or three kilometre section of, of ice that, that caught those guys out. And when you watch the, the split times at how Ogier just took, big chunks out of everyone in that section of just managing the situation whether it's ice crews gravel crews him him and julian the car whatever you put Ogier on very changeable very unpredictable road conditions and he seems to master it but having said that you've you've got to learn from something haven't you you've got to start from somewhere i mean i remember Roger going off on on the ice on uh, rally gb one year was it 2008 when that year when it was icy uh, but obviously he learned from that elvin's going to come back stronger isn't he yeah he will and i think if you'd said to anyone like this time last year so after monty when he'd finished third well elvin evans would be championship leader going into the final round albeit a shortened calendar but he still had exactly the same opportunities as every other driver to maximise his points tally. Uh, and everyone would have laughed at you. Uh, and I think it's great for Evans. Um, he took a lot of criticism on social media when he was signed for his what was now his final year at M Sport. I remember reading stuff. Why does he get another chance? He doesn't deserve another chance. He's had his, he's had his opportunity. He's not, he's not there. And... Malcolm Wilson is a great guy at managing and nurturing talent. 
But as we all know, they are the underdogs. They don't have the massive budgets and things like that. And Elvin wasn't getting as much testing as probably what he wanted or needed or or deserved. There maybe wasn't the development that was needed, wanted or deserved as well. And then he gets thrust into a team that just has absolutely every resource possible. And the the the... the the bin it or and win it, a bin it or win it situation isn't a problem anymore because you know he, he crashed his car in Argentina, and Elvin was actually helping fix the car before it went to Chile because it was that double header. I mean, he crashes a car now, and he's just basically sent another car to go out testing him uh, to get himself back into it. You know what I mean? It's completely different kind of thing and. And he, he stepped up to the plate. Uh, he really did step up to the plate. And let's see what he can do now. We probably were disappointed, weren't we, with Monty? Because he finished second behind Ogier. One place better than last year, though. And clearly way ahead of everybody else, the two of them were. Hi, everyone. This is John Desborough, commentator and presenter on the World Rally Championship. I'm hoping you've seen my debut novel, Breaking Point. If you haven't, check it out on eBay. It's a roller coaster ride of deceit and blackmail from a golden age of the WRC. And like a good rally, it starts fast and gets faster. Breaking Point by me, John Desborough, on eBay now for $7.99. Welcome back to the next section of Absolute Rally. Do you feel, Jules, and, and, and again, I, I, I want to just want to come, come back just a second, um, to, 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 to a point. Were you surprised when Seb decided he, or rather he made the call that he wasn't going to retire at the point he did last year? Was that perhaps based on the fact that maybe he thought, this might not be my year. I might have to go another year to get another title. Well, we we do these interview sessions. Obviously, everything's a bit changed now. But we we do these normally. We sit each of the world rally drivers down on a, on a Monday on long haul events because they're always there there earlier for jet lag and things like that. And we sat Seb down. Seb normally wants to come first or last, and he came last in Mexico, so 12 months ago. And uh, his PR guy, Justin, was uh, over, kind of like over my shoulder, just looking at the questions I had. And when we finished the interview, he goes, you, did, you didn't ask one question. And I, and I said, I know. I said, but he kind of hinted already in the answer. Uh, and basically, my question was, was would you, because you didn't win Monty 2020, would you consider doing Monty 2021? And... And in, in one of my one of his other answers, he signalled that that was his intention was to continue. So we had this conversation off camera and he goes, he said, I will come back and do Monty. Uh, he says, uh, whether I do a full year, I'm not sure. Might do some events. So I wasn't surprised that he that he mentioned it. And let's hope that uh, I, I did a very in-depth interview with him in Monty this year. And he's already stating moving forward this is his final first year 2021 will be Ojo's final final full year but he's already indicated in this interview we did with him on thursday monty he will not not go rallying um he will do other events as and when he wants to do one or as and when something really appeals to him so i would not be surprised if he was if he I'd be more surprised if he wasn't on the entry list for Monte Carlo 2022 than he was if he was on it. And he might pick and choose other rallies. He has other things that he wants to do as well. I know he wants to do Le Mans. Um, he's not bothered by winning nine world championships. He told me that. He, he goes, he says, Loeb's got that. He said, I want to do different things, which he's done. He's won Monte Carlo in five different manufacturers. He's won the world championship in three different manufacturers. Is it three? Yes, it is three. Um, and, and things like that. So he, he's looking at things differently to what Loeb did. He, he's wanting to achieve his greatness in other ways rather than just numbers. And uh, I, 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 I'm a big fan of Ogier. I just love the way he's worth ethic, he's worth ethic and his, in his way he just conducts himself. I know not everyone's his favourite, you know what I mean? But uh, he, he's... 
he is the benchmark right now and, and Elvin Evans got such a great teacher uh, uh, to learn from uh, and, and to pick up everything does it does it feel to you because you, you've been around this f- f- for many many years and we've just mentioned Loeb there as well there was definitely a time I felt in Loeb's career especially towards the end of it when he was still kind of dominating it almost felt like the rest of the service park and all the other drivers and everybody else was just kind of waiting for him to retire to hit the reset button it, yeah, and are we in the same was, position here? I no, we're not. Okay, I, well, I don't believe we are. I, I don't believe it because we've got an Evans, we've got a Tanak, we've got a Newville, we, we've got people who are challenging it uh, and challenging him. And I, I'll be honest with you, the Loeb era, you just—I suspect it's people who worked in Formula One when Schumacher was dominating. You just had to, and as drivers, you, me, and Ryan, all three of us drivers. You just had to admire, marvel at the guy's utter belief in himself, will to win, get out of bed every day, go training to, to win and, and, and just absolutely do it all the time. And do you ever get sick of winning? I, I doubt it. But the, the level that these these guys and girls are at is, is just phenomenal. And Oje, again, in this interview, he stated I am going to try and get WRC to play it on their YouTube channel. He, he said that it was a Thursday we were interviewing him, and, and he said, by now, I'm normally fed up of the rally week. He said, I've done two or three days of recce. He said, I've done a test, two days of testing. I've done two or three days of recce. Then I've got today's a media day. He goes, and I just am on the edge of, I've had enough of this. He says, then the rally starts. He goes, and then I forget all about all of the preparation I've had to do. And... Yeah, it's when you've done it. Well, he's now 2008. He started in World Championship 2021. He's had a fair, a fair career at it, and he's he's out of there on a Sunday night. You know, rally. He won the World Championship in Monza. Um, his press conference. I'm trying to think what time was his press conference? 4:30. The media zone was 2:30 till 3:30. That was it. Media zone was 2:30 to 3:30. He was in the press conference at 3.30, but he wasn't first. He was last. So we interviewed him for his World Championship interview. We had eight minutes with him. He finished the press conference at 3.40, uh, 4.30. He was on a plane at 5.30. He was home with his son. I think it was something like 7 o'clock in the evening. <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite staggering. He is out of there like a rocket. Uh, and that's the deals that he negotiates when he signs for teams. Of, I, I will arrive at the last minute and I will leave at the first possible opportunity. Uh, but you can't deny what he does on the stages. Uh, but I, I don't think, I think people would be quite sad to see him go because he's a very good world champion, in my opinion. Now, it, you've already touched on it. I mean, Auger was at his best as ever in, in Monte, but uh, Elvin was right there with him, pushed him all away. But it was a dominant performance by Toyota. Um, were you a little bit surprised that uh, that Hyundai were on the back foot? I mean, Thierry was maybe on the back foot for obvious reasons. Oi was never quite there. Was that a surprise? Well, we, yes, it was because they were so good last year with, with Hyundai, with all this new aero, and then they had even more new aero on the car. But what what I I forgot come Friday night, Saturday, you forgot Tanak was the pace on Thursday night. He led Thursday night. No, everyone was like, "Whoa, who's going to catch Tanak? He's off. He's gone. He's away." And then soon as it, soon as Friday morning came, that was it. It just all went wrong. And yeah, there was a spin, there was a punctures, and there was moments here and there was moments there. But they just never were at the races from Friday morning. Thursday night, I, I would say Toyota went to bed thinking, what are we going to do about this? Because they're pretty on it. And then I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know what happened to them. And Neuville, yeah, he's obvious reasons, different co-driver. And I think Martin and him did a great job in the end. You know, they got themselves on the podium. Um, but Andrea Dama, he, he was the first to admit they were massively off par. And, I don't, and I'm not really sure if they know why, where that went. And 
it was a bit of a strange one. That was a team that won last year, and then they were they were nowhere really to be seen. And it was strange because on Thursday night they they were setting the pace, and then it just disappeared. Not really sure where or why yet. And and I guess it, it could be quite tough for them um, in Finland as well on the Arctic Rally. Because I mean, obviously that is it, it really plays to Toyota's strengths again. I mean, not only the base there, but they've done a huge amount of testing in in winter conditions up there. Yeah, it's it's the kind of roads that that car was built on, uh, tested on, born on, and everything. And then you look at it, and Hyundai. I don't know whether they're doing any more testing. Toyota did. Toyota did a, a day each last week. Then Hyundai have done a day each. Hyundai kept their their social media pretty low key, but Toyota are already back again for a second run. They, they they've gone again. I don't know who's testing today, but I know Katsuta's been out. Uh, Ogier's already done a second day. Uh, I think El. I think it must be Scott and Elvin today because I'm sure I saw something on Scott's Instagram that he was back in uh, in Rob and Amy. So it's. So again, they've done an additional day. Um, you've got Robin Perry who won the rally last year, Evans who won Sweden last year. It, it's going to be it, it's going to be some show. It really is. And the, the Hyundai, well, the, this new aero last year seemed to give them grip when the road wasn't really giving them grip, uh, which is where they always did struggle. But I'm not really sure what happened in in Monty. And let's see. I mean, for us as a fan and uh, as a as a viewer and a and a, and a promoter of the championship, we, we we need them to strike back uh, in a perfect world. We'd love a a Sunnan win. That would be the ideal kind of tonic, wouldn't it? An M Sport yeah, Sunnan yeah. win. That would be like the perfect kind of like comeback. But uh, uh, if if you were like a, 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 as the, as the the manager of the whole championship, if you could make it happen, what you wanted, you'd be putting that as a as, as your as your prime. Results. So, but yeah, Hyundai are a little bit concerned. But as we've seen before, uh, and Adamo does seem to bang some heads together and, and get people get people working because that car was transformed in the second half of last year, and that was what kept them in in the fight. But they do have, or they do seem to have these days where they just go slightly missing in action. Uh, and Monty was one of them, and then, and then you've got the silly mistake that Neuville made in, in Monza uh, when he hit the, when he hit the concrete block in the chicane. Uh, just, uh, I mean, what would that save him? Trying to shave, trying to, trying to make that line as straight as possible. I, I would say probably saved him a, a, a thousandth of a second or something, but then wrecked his whole event. So it, it's, it's some little silly mistakes there. Um, yeah, I, he did what he could with the with the with the tires and running out of spares. That's a gamble you take by only taking one. Uh, that is that is part of the game nowadays. It, it is slightly galling and frustrating, but he was out of it anyway. He dropped eight or nine minutes at that point. So, but yeah, high and die, they'll be they keep coming back though. So that's the main thing. And that's that's the thing. And um, they're driven on manufacturers championship more than drivers. So, well, they, they, they keep they keep coming back, but uh, the situation's a little bit worrying around them at the minute, isn't it? With you know, we the, it's hybrid era for next year. M Sport hoping to test their car very soon, and yet we still have no confirmation we'll see Hyundai. No, and it it, it is. Uh, I mean, uh, to be fair, and Andrea Darmus, uh, pretty honest of. Well, I've not been given the check or I've not had signed off, so I'm not going to get excited about it. Uh, and and to, to be honest, that's probably the, the, the way to look at it, isn't it? Until he's got the, the yes. I'm a little bit like that when people call me about work or projects. Uh, when we went to film the McRae's last year and when, when I went to the Germany test with Tanak, uh, I didn't, until I was virtually on that plane and there, I was thinking this could all still get called off or go wrong. And maybe that's the way that Andrea looked at it. Of, of, well, there's no point in actually talking about anything until we've got the, the green light. And is your gut feeling that it will happen? Then I, I'm not saying it. I'm, I, I don't. I really don't know. But they are massive. They, they, they're the first team in, in the touring cars. There's, the world touring cars is now for this year is having an electric championship. Uh, Alpha have got a car, but at the end of last season. Hyundai were the only team to actually 
have a card there at the final round for the launch. So they're not against um, the hybrid stuff and things like that. But is a touring car more relevant to a rally car? Are they still going to continue with their world touring car program? How much budget is actually in there to run? They're already, in theory, they're already running a an electric hybrid kind of program with their touring car. So, how and I thinking about that? I haven't heard either way, if I'm honest. Um, I know there is talk of other manufacturers coming, or another one other manufacturer, and and I know that there is a, a, a team that's ready and waiting to take a a manufacturer on. But they told me last year in June, was I, when did I see them? July, August. They said that they needed the green light now to be ready for 2022. And every every week that passed without the confirmation was potentially another 100,000 euros because they would have to have a second test team because they were cutting it so fine um, to be ready for 2022. So it, it's there are, there are people out there who, who are – there are teams out there. There, there are people out there who are ready – and, and waiting to come, but they just need this manufacturer commitment. And the, the later we get, I mean, we saw how quickly Toyota came from nothing to the World Rally Championship in 2017, wasn't it? They came from virtually nothing in 18 months. And that's kind of like the template now. We can do it in 18 months, but we need two test teams. We need a base, not just the rally base. We need a base somewhere central in Europe so we can house everything for speed and for efficiency um whether we'll see and now a, a new team joining for 2022 i'm unsure because that's going to be some massive investment to get themselves designing a car now uh, uh from scratch but but let's see i mean m sport they reckon or the rumors they're going to win the race to their car first You've got to think, Toyota, they, they've built a world rally car that's never going to see the light of day as well. They had a new car for this year, which is never never, never going to run in anger apart from on a test, which uh, how much resources went into that. So it's quite phenomenal that, that the budgets that are being spent, which is, is good. Uh, I know there's people around. Should we have gone R5 plus hybrid? I, I, I don't know. I'm not clever enough to... Uh, don't get Ryan started on that one, Jules. Don't get Ryan started on that one. It's poking the bear, that. Well, no, but all I'm going to say is if we had gone R5 hybrid, I5 plus hybrid or whatever, we potentially would have had five or six manufacturers with an interest straight away. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, And I know people like Newville, when it was muted, he said, oh, but it'll be rubbish. But if there's 15, 20 drivers all in the same spec of car, and that's all you're seeing, it's going to look quick. You look at a World Rally car, when they first came out, we're now on the, we're, we're looking at doing a program of the 25 years of World Rally cars. And when you watch those 22Bs uh, and, and things like that, the Escort Corsas, they had virtually no suspension travel. They weren't going anywhere near as fast as what they are now. And they had no, hardly any aero. But wow, they looked a handful to drive. They looked amazing. They were bouncing around full sideways these things we've got now are just rocket ships the air on them is phenomenal the grip is amazing but it takes away some of that kind of like wow the factor well, it's, 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 they're not leery are yeah. they that's, that, that's, that's what edgy. it was they're not yeah. edgy you know yeah. and but if you put everyone into R5s and you watch them all day long they would look edgy they would look on the limit uh, you only have to watch a junior driver if that was all you watched, they're coming into sight, full revs and things sideways, it's scrabbling all over all over the place, a little bit out of control, and it looks quick. It doesn't look quick against a World Rally car in an R5, but it looks quick if you're only watching those cars. So it, it, it's as you say, you, you're poking the bear. It, it's a it's a massive thing. But I, I was with the current situation of the the the, the COVID situation, the economy, the economics of the world how much cheaper would it have been to run R5 hybrid than actually have one of these full singing or dancing cars? Uh, but we haven't, and I'm sure they'll be amazing when, when we get them. 
and 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 again it'll make those drivers who can who can master them it'll elevate them again to 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 superheroes uh, of kind of like those those oddities who can actually mastermind and and, and master those cars like the, like the group b cars that were very difficult to drive I just wonder, you know, you, you think about the generations again. We you, you, we we spoke about Sebastian Ogier and obviously his, his his impending retirement, but still coming back. I wonder whether that elements are still coming back is the fact that it's also another generation of vehicles that he could master and win events in. I wonder. I wonder if that's an element as well. I know he's not necessarily chasing. You know, he, he's trying to create his own records, but you know, I suppose if he does Monty in this one of these new spec cars, and you look at, you know, he's won in a Super Two Thousand car, he's won in, uh, I assume it would have been a two liter World car as well. It would have been, uh, yeah, yeah, and then he's in the well, sixteen hundred, yeah, he's won over. Is it three decades? Someone put after it. Monty, yeah, he's he's won over three decades, which is. Uh, and, and you look at him, and he's still. We, we sat him down for this interview in Monty, and we'd set up, and then they, then there was a we'd set up inside the team tent, and uh, next to his car, and then there was a problem with Elvin's car. Well, problem. We're talk. We're doing this interview at ten thirty, and they're they're starting the rally at one fifteen. So we're within three hours of this rally starting, the first round of the championship, and all of a sudden the PR girl comes in and goes, "We're going to have to move you." And I said, is there anything to do with that car of Evans? And she went, yes. And less than two hours before, Elvin's fuel tank is being taken to pieces. Uh, and I'm thinking, that shouldn't be going on three hours before you're meant to be starting a rally. All the bits are out of it. There's a new pump and whatever going into it. I'm thinking, that, how has this happened? This car hasn't turned a wheel since it left the factory. And now there's a fuel tank change or parts of the fuel tank being changed. Anyway, so we moved Seb outside. And he, he turned up this seven and he goes, why are we not inside? Uh, bit of an issue, Seb. We can't work in there now because of the... He says, I'm going to freeze out here. And he goes, get me a heater and I'll be happy. And he sat there. We got him a, we got him a, a, a heater. And what you don't see in the interview is right next to his feet is this blow heater keeping him warm. And uh, he once he had this heater... And we sat there for 20 minutes and just chatted away and he was totally fine. And he still is in massively in love with the sport, huge in love with the sport and uh, and everything around it. So, yes, Tony, you, he might see these new cars. He's obviously going to get a chance to drive one at some point from Toyota. And he might sit there and think, you know what, I don't want to do a full season. But if I can do three or four uh, selected events where I'm not going to be massively off pace, road position on a gravel rally might help me if I only do three or four. I might be able to come in and win, help Toyota win a championship, impede my teammates' competitors by taking points off them. Yes, he might come along and have a go again. Do you know, you've just said something there, and there's a massive assumption, but your assumption is completely the polar opposite to mine, that he will be in a Toyota. I kind of thought, do you know what? He, he probably he would have a choice, you know, as opposed to some degree the way Loeb did. But I've kind of got, and maybe it's just me with rosy coloured specs on. I can imagine Malcolm making that call. No, nah, he's staying at Toyota. Okay. Because of the World Endurance Championship in Le Mans, he's right. desperate to do Le Mans. Okay. So I don't, I don't see him leaving. Um, I don't see him leaving Toyota because Toyota do many things. You know, they, 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 they've got many aspects. They've got NASCAR, they've got Dakar, they've got world sports cars, they've got rally. Ogier can stay at Toyota and basically do what he wants. That's yeah. my opinion anyway. That makes that sense. My, yeah, yeah uh, I've not thought about it like that. It makes perfect sense. He, he wants to do other stuff in, in motorsport. He'll probably want to do a Dakar. Well, stay at Toyota, I can do a Dakar. Oh, I could do Le Mans in June as well. And I could do three or four rallies at the same time. I, I'm a brand ambassador for Toyota. I, that's my opinion. Must, I might be, be totally wrong. Must be hard being Sebastian OJ, mustn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you, you talked about M Sport. I, I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. All, all I've heard from M Sport is they need a proper, proper top line driver for next year because they're normally historically very strong when they come out with a new car. Now, top line drivers, they are. The A-listers are very few and far between. 
There's four of them now. There's three for many years. There's now four with Evans. Ogier, Evans, Tanak, Nouvelle. That's for me. It's the A-listers. Now, M Sport have got to be taking one of them, haven't they? Who do you see them taking? Nouvelle. For me, it, 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 no, Tanak. Tanak really? is the one. I, I see Tanak back at M Sport. I, 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 again, this is just me speaking to you two as mates. I, I just, I, I just do. I, I, I do, and I, and I don't know why. I, I, I think it's his spiritual home. He hasn't seemed to have gelled with that Hyundai massively well at the minute, even though he won. He had a massively strong season last year without even realising it, because everyone just remembers the crash in Monty. Oh, and he won in the stone. He was expected to win. He was on the podium near enough every other weekend as well. Uh, but there's just something just not clicking there. Uh, I don't know what it is because they give him everything he needs. But something just now, just right now, hasn't clicked. Second year in the car could well be a totally different story. And that, what I'm talking now could be completely rubbish in, in four or five months' time when contracts are up. But I, I would think that an M Sport would be looking at a, at a Tanak. I, I don't see Elvin, ne- not ne- negatively, I don't see Elvin going back to M Sport at the minute because in, in a couple of years, unless Ford massively invests into it, we, we could be back in the situation where M Sport have two or three very good years and then it just peters off as, as the cycle ends, whereas other manufacturers will keep powering the money in. I, I can see you can do it signing for a couple of years and then, and then leaving the sport. That's what I can see happening. I mean, you've mentioned Dem Sport there. They've taken a lot of criticism over over recent weeks around drivers and their current situation. But ultimately, they're doing what they have to do to put themselves in a position to be at the front next year, surely. Exactly. And, you know, Malcolm Wilson could have shut the doors, uh, but he hasn't. Malcolm Wilson could have just run no world rally cars this year, but he hasn't, you know. Because at the end of the day, you kind of get drawn into the whole package. They are the only team stroke manufacturer with Ford that have the full complement from the basic car to the World Rally car. So you can, if you're a new starter now, you can start in a Ford Fiesta and you can go all the way. And when you buy into your WRC2 package, WRC3 package even, you're eating in the same hospitality as your lead drivers. And when that was Sebastian Ogier, Oit Tanak and Elvin Evans, as a customer, you were sat at the same dinner table as them. You were sat at the same recce lunch as them. And you were getting it. And that's a value. Uh, and that's what keeps customers coming. And it, 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 they're a customer-operated team uh, foremost, f- foremost. And that's where that's where the money is created to run their World Running Championship program. yes. Not everyone will agree with their driver drivers at the minute, but at the moment, if they've got to suffer a year like that uh, and take a bit of criticism, but hopefully next year come on strong with the new car and everything, then then it's you, you pick and choose your battles. You know, you do pick and choose your battles, and they they need to be there this year to maintain their engineers, their their mechanics, their design team, their their race sharpness for next year if they were to stop competing this year and concentrate on next year unless they were paying lots and lots and lots of money they would lose people and you can't lose people because then you're in a right mess to restart they already have lost 70 or 80 people but because of the covid situation but they they obviously need to try and keep hold of their their big engineers their engine department their design department uh, and things like that and it's it's massively tough for Malcolm, Matthew, Rich Milner, everybody, the whole family, Elaine, the lot. A huge, huge undertaking and fair play. They're, they're, they're still there. They're doing it. And what they didn't need in Monty was team having that massive shunt, completely destroying a car. Uh, and then a smaller thing, but still equally as damaging, was there was a big storm came through Gap on Saturday night. And it completely destroyed the M Sports Service Park. All their, their their tents went. A lot of their infrastructure was damaged. So they had to, they're having to get whole, all new stuff. You don't need that kind of expense when you're already on the limit of your budget. 
you don't need those things. So it's massively tough for them and, and, and fair play that they're there. We're actually going out to the Arctic rally early because we're going to go and spend the weekend with them testing to see actually what goes on on a world rally test be, behind, behind the, uh, the, the, the cloak and then, and the wall, so to speak. We're hoping to get some kind of like real nice insights of what goes on in a world rally car test. So uh, hopefully that should be quite interesting and informative to the fans. Now, we, we know the drivers M Sport have got this year. Um, what about the driver they've no longer got then in, uh, in Esa Pekalapi? I mean, he, he was brilliant in, uh, in, well, was it uh, WRC2 at the time, probably even before before that? I mean, back in Super 2000 cars even, but he came into WRC cars. He he was fantastic in Toyota. He won in a Toyota. The relationship maybe didn't go very well with Tommy. He was in a difficult Citroen. Um, he's had a year at M Sport, and now he's out. You know, we thought Lappy was the real deal. We thought he was going to be another potential Finnish world champion. Uh, what next for him? Well, what's next is he's re- trying to rebuild his career in WRC2, isn't he? He's announced he's going to do Arctic Rally, and he, I think he's hoping to do maybe four or five now is, is the plan. But exactly, un- unfulfilled talent. Uh, I-, I don't know. Again, we're, as I said earlier, we're, we're doing, hopefully during this year, we're going to do some stories on the on the World Rally Car history and, 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 its, and its era. And something I want to tap into is, is, is what I've just said, unfulfilled talent. Is Esther Pekalapi unfulfilled talent? Right now, unfortunately, he is. And it, it, I, we interviewed him in Mexico last year. And as you said there, Ryan, you know, he blitzed everything he did. Four rallies into his world championship career in a world running car. He wins right Finland. And the world was at his feet. You know, it was Esther Pekalapi, what can happen? And then he leaves Toyota, whether that's because of the Tommy thing, whether that's because Tanak had signed and he knew that he wasn't going to get a chance to be number one with Oit there. He goes to Citroen, then Citroen, Ogier becomes available. They take Ogier. Uh, so he's a number two. And and then Citroen pull out and he's at M Sport. And, and I, I don't think I'm speaking out of you. He was at M Sport last year because it didn't really cost M Sport anything to have him because he was being paid by Citroen. So... He was there um, because it was a very, very convenient deal for all parties. And I thought he did a great job. He put that car fourth places. He was on the pace in, in other rallies. He, he he was doing well. Just a few little niggly things just went wrong. Now, th- th- there's nothing for him. And uh, I questioned him in the interview we did in Mexico. I said, did you win and, and, and succeed too quickly? And he said, yes. He said, I, if... if he said, if I hadn't won Finland that year, he said, I probably would have been able, I'd have been, I'd have been a lot more stable now. But he achieved too, too much too quick. And then when it started to just go slightly awry and a bit wrong, it was, oh, it was a freak. It was a, it, it was a one-off. What's happening? And he, he believes, yeah, now looking back, he, he, he won too early in, in his career. And actually, I was in, I was having a text conversation with him not so long ago. And what was it he wrote uh, on the text conversation to us, to me? Um, he still believes that there's a person inside him who wants to compete and wants to develop to be better and can be better. And Lappy left Monza saying that was it. Unless it was a world running car drive, I'm not doing any more. He's only missed one running his back, uh, and I think he's seeing it. Of what's it? What's it? What's he going to be in Jules? What? What? What rally for? He's in a polo. Is he? Okay. Yeah, he's going to be in a polo with uh, Nikolai Gryzen's teammate. So, uh, um, we all know it. The three of us on this on this call now, we all know it. Uh, you see it happening, particularly now with all live. You see it happening, and you're like kind of. I need to be back out. Uh, I think he's been massively drawn in to Arctic Lapland Rally. You know, a surface, a rally's won before, a surface that he absolutely adores. And it's in, at home, he could probably rustle up some sponsorship for that. The clerk of the course advised him on a team that was potentially looking for a driver. So all the little ducks kind of got into a line and, and everything was right for him. And... It, for me, he is still a huge talent. 
And I think he's great for TV. He is great for TV. He's got a brilliant personality. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He, he's what we need. He can come over as a grumpy, but we need that sometimes. We need people who are emotional and show their feelings and things like that. We can't always just have Mr. Super Happy everywhere. And uh, I, I like EP for that. He, he's uh, he, he's one of the good guys. And I do believe there is a massive talent and he's going to have to rebuild himself uh, and come back and, and hopefully get himself back in there. But then there's Mickelson's doing exactly the same. You know, Mickelson was the golden boy. He was the one who was going to blow everyone away. And it just went wrong. Well, he's, been, and, he's, uh, been, he's been that golden boy, Jules, for as long as I can remember. Yeah. You know, I, can, I can remember being in a Ramsport focus at 17. Yeah. You know, that, that seems like yesterday. And what is it? He's 32 now. Yeah. It, there's, there's, there's a lot of talent around. What we need is, it, what, what we did really need was, what we mentioned 10, 15 minutes ago, was the R5 Plus Hybrid and five, six, seven manufacturers coming at it with three car teams. And then all of these kids uh, uh, could have a go, you know what I mean? And it would, it would have really opened it up. But, yeah, the world's in a difficult situation. So let, let's see. Let's see what's going on. But, yeah, there's, there's, some, there's some talent there. Uh, we haven't even mentioned your likes of Hayden Padden, who sat there, uh, who potentially, if... if it, this car that he's building I, 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 over in New Zealand, is Hayden Padden somebody that a team might take because of all this expertise he's now got from working on these cars for a year? Does Hayden Padden bring himself back into it? Another guy who won one rally but should have potentially have either done more, gone further. It, 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 but then again... For every driver like that, there's a hundred thousand of them who didn't even get that far. I think um, the only the three I of think, us sat on this phone call. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think the problem for Hayden. I remember speaking to him about this. I think last time we had him on, um, which again, I've, uh, it's not that long ago, but it feels like a lifetime ago. Um, you know, I think his relationship with Hyundai New Zealand is is a bit kind of in the realms. And again, I'm not. Kind of, I'm paraphrasing massively in my, this is my interpretation, but, you know, to use the analogy of, of kind of the way where he is in the world, the way kind of Possum Bourne had that relationship with Subaru, uh, and kind of built a bit of a, you know, a, a, a world and a life around that. I think he's got a very similar thing there. And I think he's probably, unless, unless High and I are involved, unless High and I, again, we know they gave him blessing to, to do potentially those events with M Sport way back when, I'd be very surprised to see him move outside of a, of a, of a Hyundai relationship. To be honest, I, I don't see him leaving Hyundai as, for exactly the reasons you've said. He, he potentially can be uh, be employed by Hyundai New Zealand for the rest of his life uh, and do these projects. But Hyundai uh, are, are doing a lot like M Sport. They they have this customer racing platform. You've got all these world running cars that they've built. And what do they do with them? Well, they're now renting them out. You know, Lube's got one, Solberg's got one for Arctic Rally. Uh, other people are using them. And, you know, there's, you've got to remember, Hyundai is, is, is that part of the world, Asia Pacific, which is where Padden is. And it, it, it can bring in, I'm not saying Hayden, well, Hayden would probably love to do a full season, but if he could get a part program of six or seven events via and courtesy of Hyundai New Zealand, um, Hayden would snap their hands off, you know, because you take advantage of those things of, well, we'll fire into Sardinia when he's going to run last on the road, more than likely be right in the forefront of the battle uh, and things and, and opportunities will come. So um, th- there's, there's, there's many, many drivers like that. And, it, it is massively difficult, and we do have a, a, a situation where there, there seems to be lots of talent, and it's massively making your, your WRC support categories stronger and stronger as well because of it, because they're, they're finding budget from somewhere, and also manufacturers, your, your Rally 2 cars, your R5s, these manufacturers really now are seeing the benefit of having a Mickelson, an Osberg, Formos, uh, Solbergs, people like that in them, to make sure their car's winning because that's what's helping contribute to paying for the World Rally Team is selling all these Rally 2 specification cars.
This is Absolute Rally. Absolute Rally continues to be partnered by the Kielder Works team, who remain fully committed to the sport and are pioneers of the latest technology. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for all forms of competitive action. Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team. Welcome back to the next section of Absolute Rally. Just, just, just popping back to hind now, just for a, a split second. Uh, we, we, you mentioned it before, obviously the relationship, or rather the the, the, the new relationship that Thierry Neuville formed um, with a co-driver. You know, forty-eight hours before the start of a rally, and I think Brian and I spoke about it, and and, and Trevor and, and Jack on our first episode back. I don't recall immediately to mind somebody at that level changing a co-driver so late? Um, the, the, the last one I remember, I, there will be others, but the, the last one I remember that's as high profile as that was Didier Oriol getting in uh, Denis Giraudet in Corsica when Bernardo Celli had to leave the island. And then, obviously, Nicky Gris stepped in with Kankanen when Juha Peronen had his uh, his brain hemorrhage. So there are, there have been these high profile. I mean, when Nicky Gris stepped in with Kankinen, Kankinen had already started the recce. True, he'd, yeah. already, he'd already started reccying. <laughs> Granted, they were on slightly different recce schedules what they are now. But, uh, I, I, you know... I think I think the the difference is now, uh, though, Julian, as, as you know, how the sports evolved. Everything is so optimised now. It's yeah. it's not like rallying. Even when we were competing, even when we did British Championship rallies that were two hundred and fifty stage miles. I mean, God, the Manx went on forever. It felt like, but uh, you know, now everything is so optimised that uh, a core driver is is such a big part of it, isn't it? Whereas whereas maybe a few years ago it was a little bit easier to make that last minute change. Yeah, but this th- what happened. And the strange, the thing I found massively strange when I got the news that that New Villa changes co-driver, the first thing that came to my mind was COVID. Gilles Sol's obviously tested positive because we've all got to be tested before we leave the country. We've got to ha- we've got to produce a seventy-two hour COVID test before we can get on the plane to travel, uh, and that's got to go to the FIA and the promoter. And when I got because it was Friday morning, I got the text: New Villa's changed co-driver. I was like, whoa. Jules Sol's obviously tested positive for COVID. I didn't realise there'd been this un, well, try, uh, uh, unavoidable kind of uh, difference of opinions and contract or whatever it was. And I don't think anybody, and I, I haven't heard of any teams, preparing for this situation of a COVID situation. So and it's something they've got to massively think about. They've got to have co-drivers, I believe, and drivers. We saw in Formula 1 last year with teams having drivers on standby in case a driver couldn't race because of COVID. These teams, it would be interesting to see, and this is where opportunities could come up. Driver Jules, are, you t- are you taking your, your skid lid and gloves to events <laughs> now? Is that what you're <laughs> yeah, saying? Is this I, some COVID be, way yeah. of saying you're still available? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm still there. <laughs> I, I can step in at the last minute. I'll get you some points. Just some. <laughs> Not a lot, but I'll get you some points. But no, it's genuinely something that I, I, I'm not sure how much thinking has gone into of, is there a driver and a co-driver kind of for each crew sat there ready and waiting to be airdropped in if it happens? Uh, again, Toyota are the best prepared for that, aren't they? <laughs> yes, <laughs> they're they're quite quite their, teams, their team boss, their team boss could actually take over. Well, that's true. Really I, 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 listen, Johanan can step in as well because yes. he co drove. Yeah. So. No, Andy's yeah. just done the Arctic Rally in a in a current yeah. car. <laughs> yeah, so it, that's the kind of thing you again you've got to start and think about as well. Is that is those kind of things? Um. Before we we let you go, Jules, I'm I'm, I'm sorry, I've just realised how, how long we've we, we've had before, <laughs> but we've we've obviously we've we kind of went through the end of last year. We we've got Monty out the way, we've got Arctic Rally coming, and we I think we all appreciate right now uh, the calendar's a movable thing in, in, in every Rally Championship at the moment. I don't think anybody accepts that that is not going to be changed. We hope there isn't going to be changes. With that in mind. Um, and again, I suppose just following on from what you've just been saying, who do you think is probably best prepared for that 
with regards to kind of personnel and things like that? Is it Toyota because of the, the finance or is it Hyundai because of Adamo or M Sport because, you know, there's just a smaller ship to turn, so to speak? You know, who's, who's going to be best, best prepared? Who's going to be the more nimble of the three, I suppose, with, you know, a calendar that and a season that we all hope is going to be the case, but we all realise that it's probably not going to run the way it's currently listed. I, I think uh, as a championship, though, it's not just each team. Um, I, I would say, yes, Hyundai and, and Toyota are, are probably better prepared, as in, OK, right, we're going to Estonia now, or we're going here now, we're going there now. They can just quickly fire their test team in that direction um, and that kind of stuff. But I, I think if you look at the, the, the whole picture right now, the FIA, the promoter, every manufacturer, every stakeholder uh, has got to take a huge amount of credit. They really have to to, to run rallying. I, I, I know we did 17 Formula One races and whatever amount of motor GPs and British touring cars. You can get everyone in and lock the doors behind you. You know, you can enclose yourself in that circuit and lock the doors. But rallying Monty was a no spectator event and I'll be totally honest with you, I was absolutely one overjoyed, two kind of very, very impressed that it was like spot the spectator. There were people there, but you can't stop people coming out of the villages. But on the whole, there was virtually no one out on that rally. And that's really tough on a rally because we can get in anywhere if we want to. I remember when we, we all three of us have done it when we've gone watching, we've gone in in different places of forests and back roads of places and we've traipsed across this field. You can't stop it. It's very hard. But the fans have got to take a huge amount of credit for me because they are staying away. At the end of the day, they are staying away. I know it was free on TV in France. Uh, I believe it's free on Finnish TV uh, for the Lapland rally. So they're they're putting it on, on national TV free to try and encourage people to stay at home if, and watch it. If, if only we had a round, Jules, where we could have it free on TV. Yeah, yeah. Well, you get it on ITV4, so it's not too bad. No, I, mean, I, think it, I think it was more. I think it was more the point that we now haven't got around. I think that's what I was I, getting I, to. Uh, yeah. Well, it's uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's difficult. It is difficult right now, isn't it? So, um, I, I I like going to new places. I mean, yes, there was talk we were going to Ireland this year if we if we had around. So it is nice that uh, um, having different rallies. Uh, and, and different places and things like that. So it, it is a shame that, I mean, Rally GB has been around since it started. So it, it is a big disappointment. And you, you kind of all know once you kind of miss one year, how, how difficult is it to then get back in? Because pro, the promoters signing contracts with events for two, three, four years. Uh, and then all of a sudden, oh, we've got a 12 round calendar, a 14 round calendar, and there's no space for that event because we've already done our deals for the next three or four years. It's really difficult. And, uh, yeah, and there is events sat waiting. I mean, Mons has, Mons have proved that we can do an event like that. And I know Hungary, of uh, the Hungarians have run a rally on the Budapest 411 circuit on a similar format to the Monza, the Monza Rally Show. Hungary and the European Rally Championship, what's to say they don't step up if an opportunity was to arise? Um because right now, there doesn't seem to be this rule and regulation if you've got to do three years of uh, a candidate event. If, if you can put the event on and you can get everyone out of the, out of the mess and we can have a rally, you're, you're in. There is a fast track version at the minute. There really is. And events and countries are taking advantage of that, which is good for us because it means we go rallying. Absolutely. Listen, before, before I let you go, obviously, we're, we're all, we all come from a very similar kind of background although i'm not as tight as you two obviously um but rallying in this country no, Jules, you just borrow things from other people <laughs> I, I know jule uh, no ryan i liberate there's a difference mm. right i'm a pirate right <laughs> if it's shiny it's mine um jules what you've seen over the last you know three or four months with regards to wrc you know we're, we're, we're struggling massively uh in this country um in the uk trying to get kind of rallying going again and and my honest belief and you know i'm involved with with, with the national championship here at various levels and things like that and i 
I have grave concerns for rallying not returning the way we've known it and the way you've grown up with it, the way Ryan's grown up with it, and certainly the way I've grown up with it, in the fact that, you know, even a even a you know forty five mile, fifty mile BTRDA rally isn't going to be roaming the countryside anymore. It's difficult. Like we just said about like keeping fans away, trying to run stuff. Rallying is massively hard compared to circuit racing. And uh, I don't see a huge amount, if I'm honest, potentially happening this year. Because I think it's potentially could be more damaging starting and then stopping. Well, that, um, and that's ha- that's happened with one championship already. This the the the, the motor and news circuit championship um, has cancelled another event today. Um, yeah, it, it, that's got to be more this. damaging, yeah. hasn't it? That, that has to be more damaging. Are you not better off as and 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 I know, unfortunately, it, it, it's not easy. But are you not better off just saying, right, we're just taking a year off, like 2020. We'll take 2021, but we're going to start. And then hopefully the world will be turning again. Now, one thing that, apart from your basic small costs, one positive about owning a rally car and things like that is when it's parked up in the workshop, it's not costing you a lot of money, so to speak, because it's parked up in the workshop. If you own it as a clubman, as a privateer, whereas if you have like a a racehorse or something, you've got to feed it all the time. You know what I mean? You've got to keep feeding it, even if it's not racing. But... As, as a rally car, you can just put it in the corner, put the cover over it, and just leave it there. So as long as people don't financially need to sell that car to, to kind of support themselves because of the, the pandemic, there is a chance that these people can still keep hold of their cars and come back out. And I believe once the world starts turning and once people are allowed to go back to doing what they want to do, people are going to be spending money like they're going out of fashion because they've been cooped up for 18 months potentially – they're just going to go, they're going to go on holiday. They're going to go to the pub. They're going to go everywhere. They're going to do everything they possibly can. And, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's difficult for organizers for championships of, of stuff. Uh, yes, the, it must be equally as frustrating for these privateers and these small championships uh, of how can the World Rally Championship run? It can run because it's the World Rally Championship because there's money there for it. It's the same with the European Rally Championship. There's money there for it. There's an, there's a, there is an appetite for it. And when you're working directly with governments in the World Championship, European Rally Championship, they make things happen. When we went to Hungary last year for the European Rally Championship, before I even checked in at my flight at Newcastle Airport, I had to show two negative COVID tests, a letter from the government, a letter from Eurosport, a letter from the organizers of, uh, organization of the rally itself. And it was only then, once I'd shown all this documentation, when we landed in Hungary, it was you were taken to the side of, so why you... We were banned from travelling to Hungary, but we were able to get in via the organisers working with the government and getting these letters. And that's exactly what's happening. Because uh, it's a world or a European-based championship, they do have their places higher up in the government's and things like that to make it work. Whereas right now, the UK government, their main thing is getting the vaccine out. They're, they're not really massively bothered about a, a, a rally happening, uh, unfortunately. You know what I mean? So I personally think as a championship, if I was running a championship, I, I would try. And again, we mentioned it about M Sport. You stop something and you lose people. You lose your, your committee members. You lose your your president of your motor club or your president of your championship uh, and they go and do other stuff because they can do other stuff. And it is very, very difficult. Where, where is that fine line? Uh, and you would think that the, 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 the circuit championship potentially could have run because it's behind closed doors. But unfortunately, it, it is tough. It is very difficult. I wouldn't really want to be a, a promoter, an organization, a team manager or anything right now because Every day that phone rings or the email comes in and you're like, what's changed now? What's happening now? I mean, we only got told yesterday, didn't we, in the news. Now, when we come back from a, from a foreign country, if we're on the red list, we've got to go into quarantine hotel. If we're not, if it's not on the red list, we've still got to have two, co- two more COVID tests. Uh, I, that puts me for Arctic rally. I now will have to have a minimum of five COVID tests to go and do a seven day job. 
Wow. And they're, they're 150 euros approximately each. It, someone's paying for that somewhere. Yeah. And, and that is that is a huge difficulty. It's a massive difficulty. You're looking at, I don't know, 30, 30 40,000 euros of COVID tests per rally that no one would have considered in a budget when they were making budgets. It's scary. It's cool. It is scary. It is scary. But yeah. uh, fortunately, uh, some of us, uh, the lucky, we are very lucky and very privileged that we can go and do our work. Hopefully the work we're doing uh, is just keeping the people who can't go out and watch and can't compete just a little bit sane uh, and keeping that hunger and that desire and that passion there for when they can go uh, and then they can enjoy themselves. That's what we're trying to do. Good man. Listen, that's a great place to, 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 to stop, I think, for this week. Jules, thank you so much for joining us this week. Ryan, thank you. Will you will be back with me next week. Folks, that has been Absolute Rally for this week. Um we'll be back same time, same place, in your little podcast hall next week. Absolute Rally. Powered by the Keel the Works team. Spread the word and download the podcast every week.